Hello, this is David Brim, and I'm the founder of Orlando Entrepreneurs. We are the hub for Orlando entrepreneurship, and our mission is to connect, cultivate, and celebrate our local entrepreneurs. We bring together our local entrepreneurial ecosystem to help impact our entrepreneurs, their companies, and our local economy. Learn more at orlandoentrepreneurs.org. Now over to Josh Wilson to get forward with our show. Good day, fellow entrepreneurs. My name is Josh and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm the host of the show. I'm going to take you on a journey through Orlando to introduce you to some of Orlando's finest entrepreneurs, founders, and those who invest and build the entrepreneurial community here in Orlando. On today's show, we're going to have a conversation with a modern inventor. His name's Andy Tran. He is the CEO and founder of a company called Millibot. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So um, again, my name's Andy. I'm one of four. I'm the only boy. And uh, we originally came from Arkansas, uh, three sisters. Uh, we came here after going to Disney World, went on a cruise ship. A you month guys later, were sold, huh? We were sold. We were yeah. sold the Florida dream. So 30 days later, we moved to Florida. And I've spent the last you know 19 years here in the you know Central Florida, Southwest Florida area, so it's been home. Uh, it's been an amazing adventure. I've learned a, a, a lot of things, uh, met a lot of people, and uh, have uncovered what I'm good at, like my purpose. I feel awesome. So, so um, before we get into your purpose, because I think that this will evolve into what you built. Uh, you went you went to school here, right? Mm -hmm. You went to UCF, and when you went to school, like what were you studying? What did you what did you study, and what did you want to be when you went to school? Sure. So when I first started. UCF, I thought I was going to be an engineer. I was like, yes, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. I'm going to design things and build things. But then after talking to engineers, I realized that I'd be stuck in a cubicle. And uh, one gentleman, he actually said, you don't want to be the cubicle bitch. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I was like, no, that, that's not me. Yeah. So you're, you mean I'm not going to be the guy in the field tinkering and, and, and physically building things? And he says, no, that's, that's you know, you have to own the business to do that. So the next week I switched my major to business. I was like, okay, I'm going to own the engineering company to allow me to, you know, that complete freedom, you know, that express my tactile skills onto the world and create new things. Yeah. So you went to school and you're like, I want to build things and I want to like put them together and design it. And you started down this path of engineering. You're like, maybe this isn't the best fit. And actually it was an engineer who said, no, you actually need to be out in the field based on your personality and, and all these things. Like when you when you graduated, like what was the next step? Because you built a company, and we're, I'm really excited to talk about your company. But like, what were the next steps in trying to figure out like who you are and like what your purpose is? That has been an, a decade long journey. I mean, the, sure. that, that self, that deep, deep thinking and, and work. I mean, it's it's ongoing, and you you have to battle a lot of like demons and any like past rejections and insecurities and like confidence and like you know there's like other alpha males in the room and I'm like you know this little baby I was like I don't know what's going on as well. so I have to like uncover and, and you know do a lot of deep work lots of personal development yeah. uh, my first personal development book was uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and it was like Kiyosaki when yeah. I was like 18 that really completely changed my mind on like business and like how I need to set up my life and that's honestly that it helped set me on a trajectory um, so w when you know inventing or making products you know when when that was more relevant in my life 
I realized that hmm, maybe I can, you know, create a business that, of doing this, right? And later that started to evolve into, huh, maybe I can build a machine to make my product because I had these ideas and it would just make a lot more sense. And then, you know, one thing led to the other. I create a personal brand. I find out that I'm really good at creating stuff. And then I'm like, oh, well, I have this robot that can create stuff and now I can offer it kind of like a, it's like a, you know, full stack kind of A to Z, you know, process. And I've done it a few times for a few people and, and you know, it's, it's fun for me and it's fun for the person too. So you had all these ideas of the things you wanted to create and what you created was something to help other people create things, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Millibot is? Sure. So Millibot is, in my opinion, it's the ultimate tool. It's the ultimate 21st century modern tool that you can just drop off anywhere, hit a button, and then out comes your idea, your product. Uh, we're not just talking about apps here. We're talking about physical products that you can hold, you can feel it, you can test it, you can try it, you can sit inside of it. Um, and it's not small either. Um, it was right around college I discovered 3D printing and it was amazing. But I just realized it was really small and, and, and limiting, right? So um, the Millibot is like, you know, giant scale version of a 3D printer so that you can unleash that you know, that creativeness, those creative juices that you have when it comes to making something like a chair or uh, a table or maybe even a small car or a small canoe or something. You can't do that on a small 3D printer. It just doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. But most people, they stop whenever they realize they can't make those things, right? They want to have a, you know, cool gadget to show off during Christmas or, you know, show off to their friends, but then they can't do anything. So then they don't. And I feel like uh, it stifles innovation if you don't have access to these tools. So like Millibot is just my expression of the ultimate tool that helps me, but also helps other people. So it's a it's a large 3D printer. Correct. Wow. All right. So in in college, you kind of you were like I'm, I'm, I was made to create things. I, I want to be an engineer. I want to build things and tinker things. And and this idea of the modern day inventor kind of like. Uh, grasped your heart and you started building it but you you were limited by the size of the 3d printers that you saw in the marketplace right yeah so what inspired you to like or how did you go about building now correct me if i'm wrong like these fit into cargo what are they called cargo boxes or yeah. whatever cargo There's... containers connex box shipping container there's many names for it so you have a huge 3d printer that fits inside of these like huge boxes like how did you go from 3d printers that sit on people's desks to building like a huge 3D printer. How did you well, How did you do that? Well, I was driving down the road. I, I didn't know it was going to hit me that night, right? Yeah. I was just driving down this beautiful road in Naples, Florida. And, you know, I'm like obsessed with this 3D printing, right? It's so cool. I'm, I'm, there's all these ideas. And then I see the shipping container. And I'm thinking, you know, there's some backstory to this. But when I saw the shipping container and I made that connection, I was like, wait a minute. This is the, that's the standard size box. Everybody understands this box. So fundamentally, it makes sense if that was a big 3D printer. Um, the challenges with 3D printing was they're all different sizes. They're all different shapes. They all use different softwares. So standardization in certain industries actually helps propel the industry right like we have cell phones they all use 
similar ports now like USB-C, right? Or like uh, a USB port that plugs to a computer. If we didn't have that standardization among things, then, then people can't grasp on the concept and, and propel it to the next level. Same with 3D printing. I feel like when I first got in, in 2011, everything was different. It was the wild, wild west. Prices were going down to the bottom. There was big machines, small machines, slow machines. And it's like, okay, this is fantastic, but what can those machines really do? And I think it was just a great, uh, you know, it was, it was a great concept. It was a great idea, but uh, to be really used and to really make the impact that it can, it just has to be larger and standardized. So like when I saw the shipping container and those connections were made, that's when I knew I was onto something big. Yeah. Now you made a really good point. When when standardization starts to happen, people could build like a Lego, build on other people's ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's what Salesforce did. That's what Apple did with the marketplace for you know that. There's a the the idea of standardization really did good. And you looked at these Connex boxes and you said, wow, if I actually built or created inside the box, then you know everybody understands this box. I could build something that fits inside of it, right? Exactly. Okay, now you were selected to kind of speak and, and share the future of 3D printing and innovation out at South by Southwest, right? How did, how did you get selected for that and what did, what did that um, event look like for you? So the, the process was an online application. Um, I've only heard about South by Southwest. I've never been to it before. And I thought it would be a really cool experiment to just apply to see what happens, right? I'm, optim I'm optimistic. And I guess it was the right time in the universe, something clicked, somebody saw it and, and thought it was interesting and they reached out and said, hey guys, you know, you're a finalist. Here's two platinum tickets. You know, we have a space for you. Come on out. You know, we're, we want you to talk about Millibot. I was like, okay, fantastic. You know, we're going to Austin, Texas now and it's gonna be cool. Um, when we got there, I mean, this place is massive. It was like it's big. It's big. I mean, it's it's fun too. Austin has a really cool vibe. There's a lot of great people, you know, lots of different street foods and the music and the mm -hmm. smells and like you have the electric scooters, which would be nice if we had in Orlando. Uh, you know, just going around downtown and just that that energy, that uh, the enthusiasm, everybody that was there. Um, and when we got there. Um, it was a it was a large room. Um, there were some prestigious judges and you know on the stage, you know venture capital and this and that, and it was great. We had one minute to communicate Millibot. Oh, really? Yeah. You had one minute to kind of express your idea. One minute. Were you nervous? I wasn't nervous. I just knew there was a lot that I had to say in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> to like get it out there, right? Because one minute's not a lot of time. One minute's not a lot of time. It's not. Do you, do you remember like what you what you talked about or did it kind of like go by so fast you don't even remember? You know, I had a plan. I stuck <laughs> to it like 80%, but in one minute, depending on how people are vibing and how their reactions, their, their nonverbal cues, you know, the head nods, the, the eyeballs, you know, I, I was like adding more juice. Sure. But I feel like, you know, it's like com trying to communicate the internet to someone who's never heard of the internet in one minute. Like, it's pretty it, difficult, right? It's difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many layers to it that you can, sometimes you can only start with chapter one or the intro and then maybe 
you know, you're just segueing into chapter one, but then that's all the time you have. So um, overall, it was a great experience. I think it was just fun. And for me as, you know, a, a young CEO, just being able to just to share that with people and practice because I know like the bigger stuff's coming. I just need to be ready mentally, spiritually, um, knowing my place, knowing who I am, you know, what my role is, what am I capable of, what I'm going to do and uh, just, you know, staying strong with that. That's awesome. So talk to us about some of the things that have actually come through Millibot, like things that you guys have built, prototypes and and tell, tell us about some of the ideas that you've actually built from plugging it into some type of software and spitting out an actual physical product. Sure. So um, one of the cool projects we recently worked on was um, body panels for an experimental aircraft. It was an experimental helicopter. So this is something that you actually buy as a kit and you are literally building this thing from ground up. Everything comes in parts. It's like a giant Lego kit. but there's no holes. You have to drill every hole. You have to make every bracket. You have to assemble everything. And people who build these experimental aircraft usually have some, you know, disposable income, some extra time to, you know, facilitate all the challenges that are, that will come with building a, a flying aircraft, right? Yeah. So um, one of the things about that is because they're all buying the same kit and everything's handmade, people want to customize. That's where the millibot comes in, right? Because now I can take an original flat panel, add some cool aerodynamic scoop, 3D print it out, and then have it sculpted onto the helicopter. So you can't do that before. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to, you would make it out of cardboard. You would, you know, fiberglass it. You would spend hundreds of hours just making this scoop. But you know, it's imperfect because you're you're a human. Yeah. <laughs> Your hands just, you know, you can't do it. Uh, whereas with a 3D printing technologies, those ideas that you have, those that those feelings, those little nuances that that makes what you have uniquely special, you can you can achieve and you can realize. And you can realize that with this technology. So it's a very it's it's very therapeutic. It's yeah. very um, it's it's inspiring. It's it's really cool to talk about. And it's like nothing else you've ever seen before. So like you can make something basic to like extreme. Like so a helicopter, an experimental helicopter, I would say that's pretty extreme. What, what other things have you guys uh, built through that or that you've seen some of your customers you know, use? Sure. So we're also working on, um, you know, local, there's local projects we're working on as well. And it's simplifying things that people already have. Many times it's like just a housing, you know, just like a housing for something, yeah. uh, for an idea, for a product. But traditionally, you know, we think of the, the reason why things look the way they do now is because of how they're made. Right. There's mm -hmm. like lots of screws. Sometimes, you know, you have um, you buy a product. It has like multiple parts. It has like multiple things that have to go together. Whereas with 3D printing, you can actually eliminate and reduce the parts so it's one piece and there's several advantages to that there's less screws less assembly less chances of breaking faster implementation you know there's there's like it's enormous it's almost you can't even calculate the, the benefits it's really mm -hmm. difficult i mean you could put it on a, a spreadsheet yeah but i mean the the process of, of, of making the idea i mean it's like it's fast it's like lightning fast so 
never before was that even possible. And I think that you know the the consciousness we have to kind of adapt to the fact that this exists, guys. Like you can do this. You could create something from a computer screen and have it print in your backyard, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Just like you print out a picture from your your printer that sits on your table. You could actually put this information into a computer and then outspits a skateboard. You told me that one yep. of your buddies uh, created a skateboard. Mm-hmm. You could print, you know, experimental airplane part or helicopter parts. Like if you could think it, it could print literally in your backyard. And that's one of the the, the benefits of Millibot is it you could put one of these machines almost anywhere, right? Anywhere you could put one of these cargo units. Yep. Now, you talk about the modern inventor. A lot of people when they're thinking about inventions and their developer or something, they're they're looking more digital. Do you think a lot of people are taking their eyes off of physical products and things that we use on a day-to-day basis that we could touch? I feel that because we don't have the tools so available and um, it's always been, you know, when you think of 3D printing, you think of a plastic toy, plastic widget on your desk, right? Um, so most people don't even look to making anything physical, right? Or like arts and crafts, you know, what, what, how much money can you really make selling arts and crafts? I don't know, maybe I'm sure there's a great business behind it, but you know, to make something like that's actually useful in the real world, that's, it's still hard to wrap your brain around it. So I think resorting to some software or some sort of app or some sort of solution like that is a lot easier for most people to grasp. Now, once you get past that fact that, wait, there's new things that, you know, that are available, then I think you start opening up to these newer ideas, right? The new innovation. So for me, I believe that the greatest innovations are yet to come. And it's, we just need to equip the right people with the right tools and magic's going to happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. wh- how can we operate without your laptop nowadays? I mean, yeah, you can make all the apps you want, but if the laptop didn't exist, what, what good is the app, right? Sure. So the tool nowadays is, in my opinion, one of the tools is a big 3D printer, Another tool is a 3D scanner, so you can take existing objects in the environment, digitize them, and now you can 3D print those objects or enhance it and then 3D print it, right? So like there's many, there's like leapfrog approaches to making things nowadays that is just like, it just, it's pretty mind boggling. And all you have to do is just be aware of it. Like technology, hardware over time gets less, you know, the cost goes down. So, you know, I would start off with an entry level printer understand it, get to know it, talk to a few people, learn a few things, and then, you know, work on to the bigger stuff, right? Uh, at the end of the day, I think that you want the robot to do the work, right? You want the robot to make the thing when you're sleeping. And it's not an app only, right? You can have the app or the software selling your products and services, but when it comes to making the thing, you're not going to physically make it. You want the, the machine to make it. So that's going to yield, you know, you know, it's just that's just a higher output. Yeah. You know, just more peace of mind. Just having, so that you can uh, basically free up your time to do other things, creative things. You know, take care of, you know, personal matters, mentally, spiritually, right? Sure. Trying to figure out that stuff. So, uh, I think uh, I think it's, you know, the next few years is going to be really interesting um, as more and more people get their hands on technology and use technology, and not just in our country, but like around the world as well too, right? Because like. Are the stuff that we don't use anymore, I mean, to, I don't know, someone in a third world country, I mean, who knows what they can do with that, right? What types of ideas, problems that they can solve? Yeah. That's the stuff we don't think about. We think about, 
first world problems. You know, what color should this be? You know, why do this should be over there? We're not thinking about how we're, you know, us as a, a human race can help society of other, you know, other areas with these tools. I think that's going to be things that we take uh, take for granted. Like, you know, over here we we take, you know, what what kind of car you have or this, but like over in a third world country. You could print off tools that they can use to be better farmers, or or you know get clean water, or you could assemble a water plant essentially from one of these machines. Now, how did you go from I have the idea of it from driving around in beautiful Naples, Florida, to actually building the first one because that costs money. So how did you go about doing that? Did you get funding? Did you have some partners? How did you pay for the prototype? So I actually it's a funny story. I was at the car wash. Right. At the car wash, right? A lot of cool stuff happens at car wash. I'm at the car wash, you know, I'm, I'm, the guy's doing the thing, and, and I'm sitting there, and then in comes this brand new, like, BMW i8, paper tag and everything. I was like, oh, well, interesting, you know? I wonder who's going to walk out of that. So uh, the door opens up, and a guy comes out, young guy, and then, uh, you know, he, he sits next to me. So naturally, I'm like, okay, I'm an opportunist. I'm like, hey man, you know, what's up? What do you do? Yeah. Started getting to know him. He's um, he's from out of the country. He he's here on. Uh, he's learning how to fly. Matter of fact, um, and uh, you know, we started talking about some different ideas. I I share with him the Millibot, and he loves it. He's like, he's like, I see it. I, I get it. Movie production. Have you thought about movie production? This thing can be used to make really large movie props. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, man, let's let's do it. And he's, he also has a he also loves cars, too. So like, you know, movie movie props, cars, replicas, large, small. And um, I told him the price. He's like, OK, he's, he started. He wired me some money. And really, that we, you met a guy at a car wash. You told him the idea and he, he wired. How long how long till he wired you money? Uh, it was probably like two weeks. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's how we got the whole project started, and, and, and then I was able to like, you know, start like assembling the pieces and like doing the design on it, buying parts, and just trying different things. And we've gone through like three versions of the machine, and just testing all, all types of different things. You know, what works, what doesn't work, and um, yeah, now now it's like now it works. Now, what would have happened if you didn't take that opportunity to share an idea with someone? nothing would have happened i would have it would have been stuck in my head it would have i'm not sure it might have it may have died it, it might have i might have tried but you know i feel like you have to talk about your ideas right you have to flush them out enough times even if they sound stupid yeah right? you have to at least talk about it just to get it out just to get the feedback and most of the time feedback is hard to absorb but in your own space when you're by yourself it's like okay just bring those ideas back up and then kind of revalidate, retest to find out what the truths are. Yeah. You know, so like what really works and I'm glad I talked to him about it. I'm glad I went to the I'm glad I got my car washed. Yeah. <laughs> wash your cars out there, especially with all the love bugs in Florida, right? Definitely. You gotta you gotta wash your car. You never know what's gonna happen. You know, but one of the values is there is you had an idea and you didn't you didn't hold on, you didn't grasp the idea like in, in a in a tight fit like fist. You you shared the idea with someone and you said, This is the idea and you, you took the risk of someone taking your idea, stealing it, like critiquing your idea or shooting it down, right? You took the risk of saying, this is an idea that I need to share with you know someone else at least. And he said yes. And he wired you money. And now it's a reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
when you started building it, so you had the idea, you kind of flushed out some of the cost. You told him how much it cost. He wired you the money. Then you went to work. Like at that point, did it become a realization of like, holy moly, this is this is real. This is really happening. Yes, and uh, it was. It's still unreal. I mean, as I'm looking at the machine, even today, it still surprises me that there's actually a machine and it actually does something. It's 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 an interesting feeling because it's again, it's not. A digital it's not a photograph I took that was really awesome with a cool filter right yeah this is like a machine that you know I can walk inside and I can hit a button it actually moves and I can go to sleep I go home go to sleep and I'll come back and something emerges out of nothing it's an incredible feeling Wow all right so let's talk to us about like so this is making things more affordable faster for for inventors in this world right let's talk about some of the potential costs for a modern inventor. So sure. I have an idea, let's just say it's a, a stand-up paddleboard or a surfboard or something like that. I have an idea and I want you guys to create it. Mm -hmm. what, what, what would, what's the even next step from that? Like I'm like, okay, I got this great idea. I'd really like to have a surfboard that does this or a stand-up paddleboard. Where do we go from here? Sure, so first it starts off with a conversation. You know, we'll have coffee or just talk. I'll have a sketchbook out and then just, just really hear, hear you out. Just really understand what your goals are and not only your product goals, but what is your personal goals? Yeah. Like how does this being successful fit into your lifestyle? Okay. Like are you trying to like retire off this idea? Is this like the only idea you have and you're betting everything on it? Everything, right? <laughs> you got everything on it. Everything's on the line. It has to be successful. Or are you coming from a place of, you know, I just want this because I've been thinking about this for too long and I just need to do something, right? I need to do something with this just to like express this and exhaust it out of my brain so I can feel relaxed and relieved, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, taking, taking all that into consideration, then I'll do some um, preliminary homework on things that exist and we'll kind of talk about some ideas and I'll talk about, um, I'll, I'll start thinking about how it can be ma manufactured on, with 3D printing or yeah. 3D printing plus available things on Amazon. Sure. So like that's my that's what I bring to the table. I bring to the table a um, an open mind to your idea and how we can actually realize it in the minimal with minimal effort with maximum gain. You know, uh, in the shortest amount of time, and we're gonna have the most fun. Like that's what I'm thinking about as we're having conversations. And then from there, you know, my minimum is, you know, it's like 500 bucks to have a conversation yeah. uh, and, and give you a basic, like you know, sketch or, sketch or yeah, basic, you know, CAD design of this idea. And, and from there, if you want to 3D print it or you want to do something, then, you know, I'll even send you to the website. You can upload the file. I'll, I'll, tra I'll show you how to do it so that you're not relying on me. Yeah. And then you can 3D print it and have it and then just get that feeling, right? It's like get that high from it and then from there if you want to go further and actually do the full scale like hey Andy you know I think it'd be cool to have some motors because I want to have this you know I want to have it powered and I want to have it like you know longer than the existing because it's more aerodynamic for whatever reason yeah fantastic let's we do can it. build it yeah let's do it man let's do it. I have the machine Amazon's right there we can buy that part one day shipping you know I design everything so that when you get the Amazon part, yeah, you literally bolt it up. Like everything will line up, the screw holes, the way it's 
you know, the way it fits, like everything. Because you're designing it. To fit that piece. Exactly. And that's, that's where most people, you don't have to design from scratch anymore, right? There's so many available doodads and widgets and brackets and, and you know, parts, lights and switches that you can literally design for in 3D mm-hmm. and print it and then assemble the parts and it's perfect. It's like it's made for it. That's why this this whole process, you know, of like start to finish, it's it's a it's an interesting journey because I see it as an obstacle course, but I also see life as an obstacle course, right? So like yeah. you just kind of like do it enough times that it becomes like a seamless process, right? From like idea to realizing it, to idea to realizing it, and I think that's to me it's pretty magical for myself. Uh, so brothers right. too. <laughs> so let, let's let's take my idea of a we come together, buy you a, a five hundred dollar cup of coffee, and we we nail this idea for mm-hmm. this stand up paddleboard, right? Sure. It's, it's like a big surfboard with a paddle, and and I've got this idea, and you know we could put a motor on the back, and mm-hmm. you know um, you you deliver a CAD, and then we go okay, let's let's build it. Like, do you buy a chunk of plastic, or like what what does that even look like to to make this machine? Like, what does that does it come in a spool? Does it come in this big chunk of plastic that melts down? Like, mm-hmm. talk to us about the the process of building. So, three D printing works like a hot glue gun. Okay, right? it's basically it's basically a giant hot glue gun, and the machine is literally drawing with this glue gun. It's a two dimensional profile, so like it's just drawing it, and then after it draws the bottom layer, it moves up and draws on top of that layer. And then after that layer, it draws, it moves up and it draws on top of that layer. So it's just a successive, you know, layering of plastic with this hot glue gun. Yeah. Right. So make, you know, making a, a let's say stand up paddleboard, no problem. You know, we can design it. I mean, you, you will see the design. I, I, I send renderings. Yeah. So like you get to show off to your friends that, that I'm paddle, making this, that like, I'm making this guys. Here it is. Like you see these renders like it's gonna be real and that same file that you see on paper that that's exactly how it's gonna come off on the machine like what's the cost for something like that right yeah it depends on materials yeah so um, design time is is a separate portion and then 3d printing or production of it is a is a different part I used to mix them both together it got messy but anyways design you've learned a little bit I've learned a little bit yeah (laughs) And it, it, it's actually, you know, with a design, like you don't have to make it with me. You can make it with anybody. The cool thing about once once you digitize your idea, you can email it across the world. Mm. And that's the most powerful thing is you have to turn those organic thoughts from the ether, right, from the universal intelligence. You have to take that, put it on paper, and then turn that into a digital CAD model. Once you can convert it to a digital CAD mile, now the, now infinite possibilities are available to you. Whether you want to make it out of, you know, aluminum CNC cut or you want to just show, you know, in VR, a augmented reality to someone who has an Oculus, like now everything's possible. Now people can understand and relate and communicate about your idea, the size, the way it looks, the thickness, the, the materials, everything. Yeah. Right? So like you just need to get it there. My my goal, my job is to help you realize the fact that you can do it and then help you get there. Wow. So this is this is pretty interesting. And I, I heard a while ago that um, like Elon Musk, when he's sending rockets to space, like the, the cost to carry like extra parts mm-hmm. on the space shuttle 
is so expensive that they're thinking about putting 3D printers like on Mars or on the space stations, right? So they could actually say, oh, we need this part and they could print that part right then and there. Like what other, where, where else do you think 3D printing will impact our world in the future? Because you're a visionary, you see things that you know many people miss. Like where else do you think 3D printing will impact this world? I feel like 3D printing on a large scale standardized system yeah uh, will that's going to create the distributed what i call the distributed manufacturing network right so imagine if you had millibots distributed around the world one in major every major city or multiple units in different parts of the world different cities and countries or you know uh, antarctica you know in the middle of the ocean right um and being able to tap into that manufacturing network to make something to solve a problem there's there's a big natural disaster coming or it's happening well now we can pool all these resources all these machine resources that are standardized to make and solve this problem you know wherever the problem may be right mm -hmm. uh, universal problem now um, in space if we can somehow ship a shipping container to space yeah and it was a cost you know, it was cost. It was cost friendly. It was, it was doable. I think that's the most logical step because why invent the box when you, we already have the box, right? And there's an episode I was watching on, I believe it was uh, Netflix or Hulu. It, it was by National Geographic. It's called Mars. Yeah. Episode one. The scientists they're like, yes, Mars, and we're gonna do this and that. And then they drop a 3D printer and it's like a giant 3D printer. I was like, dude, that's the freaking Millibot. That's like, the Millibot. I mean, that, that. Guy is, that guy is talking about the freaking Millibot. I was like, duh. I'm glad someone else sees it. Like, it only makes sense, right? Yeah. And the logic is, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, our roads aren't going to get wider. They're not gonna, we're not going to change the world infrastructure in the next decade or two. Whatever has been set is, is set, you know, the size of the cars, size of the roads, size of the trucks, the freight containers, the, the cargo ships, it's all designed to move the box. So this box is essentially, you know, the, you know, the, a building block. Well, now it is yeah. <laughs> as a 3D printer, right? Now right. we have these building blocks. Um, we can ship them anywhere. If it's in the middle of the ocean, for example, on a cargo ship, maybe we can sift some of that plastic out of the ocean and convert them into new products, right? We just need a way to use that old plastic and to do something with it. Uh, if we're making, you know, if we're, if we're taking away the plastic out of the, out of the ocean, we ship it to a factory to process and, and to make, you know, things, that's, that, that could work, yes. But it's, I believe it's too slow. Whereas if you have a mobile 3D printer that can just take it there and use it there and we can make low-cost, low-resolution objects that just solve most, the most basic needs, like, you know, um, even just, you know, garbage, you know, just giant trash cans or, you know, maybe uh, low-cost housing or what if it was just a bucket just to hold water or, you know, some sort of structural beam to help, you know, hold up a roof or something. You know, just some very basic, low-resolution products out of recycled plastic with a uniform, standardized system that can do this that anybody can design for and send the file and have it printed i feel like that 
in the long run will could solve some problems, mm. right? So like for me, it's I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, these long range problems. And you know, in the beginning, it's like okay, it's just my personal selfish interest of making something for myself, right? Yeah. But then later, as it evolves, and I think deeper into it, I I see that you know the more people that understand the fact that you can use technology to solve things, and now you have a tool that can, you know, could be scaled. To produce usable things, yeah. Then you know, I think in the long run, it's a it's going to be a good combination. So I'm just doing my part. Sure. So I'm I'm kind of a nerd, and in, in terms of like, uh, when I see something, I'm like, oh man, it'd be so cool to own something like that, right? So when I watch a movie, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like the movie props, or mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like the stand up paddleboard, or whatever. You know, like I like I like having cool stuff. It doesn't have to be expensive, but like. Have you built anything like you you watch TV or you watch and you're like oh I'd like to own that and then you just went in your backyard and you made it Have you done that yet? I am in the process of that. Yeah. Right, what are you building? So um, so I play uh, Halo. Okay. Play cool. Halo. Yeah. So um, so in the Halo, there's a thing called the Ghost. Okay. The Ghost is a it's like a single single rider. It's like a, a hovering, levitating, like space alien spaceship, right? It's, yeah. Uh, it's like the size of a. You ride it like a motorcycle. It has this like canopy in the front. It has like these two wings, and it like hovers. And I want to make one. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. Like I, I really want to make one. And you know how people have like uh, drones, and you know people can make hover bikes nowadays. Yeah. So basically, just taking that same concept, but then you can make a real ghost now. So you're gonna build a ghost. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. And you can actually do that because you've invented the machine. That can make those ideas correct. Wow. Full scale, one to one ratio. Like we're gonna, we're gonna. And it make... could actually probably work. Like you know, you might have to evolve from wheels to hover in the future. But like you could actually build a ghost right now. Absolutely. Well, available components online. Again, we'll just we'll buy the fans, we'll buy the motors, we'll buy the batteries with electronics, and we'll wire it up. So literally, you could print a ghost. Yes. That's awesome. And all the working parts that move together and bolt together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll take some time. It'll take some passionate people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe a bunch of coffee and a few beers here and there. Yeah. That helps. But yeah, we can definitely make it. And that's that's the cool thing about it is, you know, there's no limits to what you can create. You know, the things you see in these movies, um, like the Bat, let's say the Batmobile or like a Transformer. Yeah. You can technically have your own Transformer. You just need the right design. You need the right uh, materials. You need the right space to build it, and then you need the right tools to help facilitate those, you know, the construction of it. But with all those ingredients, you can have your own whatever. Whatever. If you can actually see it or visualize it or even digitize your idea, you could have, you could print this out. Correct. Or they could come to you and you could print it out for them. Exactly. And you're here in Orlando. I'm here in Orlando. I offer it as a, you know, start off as a low cost service. Um, obviously, there's, it gets more advanced, but that's, the entry level for most people to just flush out an idea, right? Just get it out of your system. Do it once or twice, and then you're going to be a ninja. Because if you're working with me, you're going to learn everything. I, I, I don't hold back when it comes to what is possible because I'm constantly developing. I'm constantly learning yeah. to make myself more efficient and effective when it comes to making stuff. Because that's that's something that I truly enjoy. You know, it's, it didn't start yesterday. You know, it's not about money. It's about, like... You want to build cool stuff. I want to build cool stuff, and I want to see other cool things evolve and, and be created around me. Because why not? I guess from like start to finish, 
you know, what what are the cost of maybe so 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 people out there listening in on the audience and they go, okay, cool. I want your help to digitize the idea, kind of like the coffee, the beers. Let let's get the idea, let's get it digital, right? And then they could take it to AR, VR. They could print it. They can manufacture it overseas or whatever. But like, let, let's just say they're going to go with you through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And let's use, uh, you know, maybe the stand-up paddleboard as an example. So people, like, what do you think? And maybe, maybe I don't know yet. But what do you think that the total product would cost, like, to get the first one out? Because once you make the first one, then it's cheaper to make the second. What do you think it would be the cost to make that first one? So um, typical projects like that, um, you know, there's minimal minimal parts, right? There's not. Um, you know, it's a solid unit. Yep. I'd estimate just right off the top, and don't hold me accountable to this. I'm thinking like three to five k. You know, like awesome. just something just pretty basic. Uh, most people can afford it. Yeah. And realize a design. Like I made this. Like I made this. I own this thing. And I could put a motor on it, and I could have. That's uh, with the motor. Yeah. Oh, that's with the motor. Yeah. Oh, see how cool would that be? If <laughs> you stand up on a surfboard, like zooming around. Mm-hmm. especially when other people are paddling. Holy moly. All right, so this is pretty cool. So, Andy, where do you, with Modern Inventor, this is this is a brand that you're building, and, and this is what people are coming to you for. They're coming, you know, for ideas on how to build stuff and how do I take my idea and actually put it into the, the marketplace and, and produce this thing. Like, what do you think is the biggest challenge for modern-day inventors? Like, what's the biggest mindset challenge that you think most people have? I think it's, I think it's um, access to the information and the tools. I feel like that's really the only limiting factor. Unless, well, obviously money. You know, you have to have money to do it. Yeah. Uh, but let's just say you had some money, you know, aside somewhere. Yeah. To to like to like do this idea, then it's just finding the right people to, to that sees the vision and and I, I believe under like understands a deeper. They have a deeper understanding of, you know, how this fits into, you know, the inventor's mind than just offering you a product. It's like, yeah, I can just slap something together just to get it out and I don't care. But I feel like actually understanding the inventor's intentions and what their real goals are with this, whether it's a learning experience or whether it's like, you know, they're trying to like, um, like, resolve some sort of internal thing that they just need to express like for me that's that's more important right because once you understand that then you can flow with it and then you know in the process of working together we solve a lot of other problems not just the 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 paddleboard problem we solve like deep problems some deep problems yeah Yeah. so what uh what words of inspiration or hope do you have to share with the other inventors out there like what? What's your piece of advice? You're like, man, if I would have known this ten years ago, this would have transformed me, right? What advice do you have for the fellow listeners who are inventors out there? Keep, keep inventing, keep designing, keep thinking, keep sketching. You know, if I were them, I would learn how to design myself. I would learn how to 3D design just to get the basic understanding of it, because you know, once once you have one idea and you realize it's possible to, to to do it that's when the floodgates in your brain will start opening and and the people around you will also start to think about their own ideas and their own problems and how they can solve 
you know, these things, right? Even if it's not a big, you know, the, even if it doesn't change the world, but it just makes someone's life easier. And it's just, again, it's just another expression, a physical expression of something, right? I think it just, it just makes you a more complete person, especially nowadays. Yeah. And, and taking those ideas and, and sharing it with others and, and getting outside of, you know, getting outside of your your brain, but sharing it with other inventors. Are there places here in Orlando or that you've seen even in the, in the world that inventors get together to share ideas and to talk about the future? And have you seen anything like that? You know, there are some maker spaces in Orlando, Central Florida area. Mm -hmm. um, now when it's, you know, successful inventors or people who are just brainstorming about ideas. Uh, yeah. I, I don't see too much of that. I think it happens more in small groups and most people are very conservative with their ideas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just depends on what level you want to play, you know, like, yeah, if you want to, if you want to talk about, um, large, you know, 3d printing and how that's a, a scalable production system that could be a solution for the, the next few generations. Hey, I would love to talk. I would love to have a mastermind about that. Um, if they have, if someone has an idea for a product that just, they just want to, see what happens and just experiment and play with it you know i love to convert you know have a conversation um now uh, if it's just general talking i think um, you can meet anybody most people have ideas mm -hmm. <laughs> you can go anywhere for that yeah yeah awesome so where could people go um to learn a little bit more about you and the things that you're working on sure so you can check me out at moderninventor.com that's my um product development creation website it also has a link to get to millibot and millibot's the 3d printing company so uh, www.millibot.com uh, so you can see the machine you can see um, you know what it looks like um, some of the things you have videos i have like all types of videos on the website so and it's it's kind of mesmerizing. If you've never watched 3D printing before, it's it's very mesmerizing to watch it. Yeah. Continually trace yeah. this line of plastic on other successive layers. It's really it's very uh it's very therapeutic. Absolutely. So social media, oh modern inventor. Okay. The original modern inventor. Basically modern inventor on everything. That's me. That's you, okay, yeah, gotcha. So if people wanna, you know, kick around an idea or something like that, like that's the place to go, is moderninventor.com. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um what question should I have asked you that I didn't ask you that I totally missed the mark on? I have no expectations. So no, <laughs> you, you asked every, every question was good. Awesome. So awesome. awesome. Well, um, Andy, thanks for coming on the show and sharing, you know, information about Millibot and what you're doing in Modern Inventor. You know, I've got a question. I know someone's going to go, how did you come up with the name Millibot? What does that mean? Oh, great one. So <clears throat> I followed this branding formula. It was a, a an article on Inc. Magazine. Yeah. They said, you know, how to brand a billion-dollar billion brand, right? What are the similarities between these billion-dollar brands? And the author was like, well, based on this and this and this, five letters, two syllables, that's the magic formula. And I'm sure you can Google and find this article, but they reference Apple, Honda, Tesla. There's like major companies and the reason for this branding formula is five letters two syllables it's you have enough letters to make word enough words there's enough variety of words that you can create uh, and two syllables is 
it's universal, you know, it's just easy to remember. So um, that's when I came up with Millie. And Millie fits those criteria, but also Millie is Latin for thousand, so it's a prefix. So if you think of like millennia, mm -hmm. now if you break down the word and you drive down the road to Millennium Boulevard or Millennium Mall, it's spelled the right way. It's like M-I-L-L-E. So it's like Millie's always been there. We just never realized it. We just never, you know, looked at it. But um, the bot means robot. So, so it's a thousand robots. Thousand robots, yeah. Technically, yeah, <laughs> if you want to break it down like that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Andy, thanks for uh, sharing your ideas and, and uh, for what you're building here in our backyard in Orlando. Really enjoyed the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen listening in, if you want to connect with Andy and, and build something cool, literally you could have a cup of coffee with him, share your idea, and within however long, you could have that idea actually in digital form and you could actually make your idea. You could print your own idea. Work with Andy. Think about that, guys. Whatever idea you have in your head right this minute, like Andy can make it for you. So think about that. All the links to connect with him are in the show notes. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you've got an idea that you're sitting on in your brain but you didn't know how to get started, reach out to Andy. You could go to the show notes and click on it and instantly connect with him and share your ideas with him. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening into the Orlando Entrepreneurs. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I hope it sparked some ideas inspired you guys to go build some incredible things with Andy with Millibot here in Orlando. All right, guys, we'll talk to you all on the next episode. We'll see you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. If you would like to be a guest on the show or start up a conversation with me, Josh, your host, send me an email to josh at orlandoentrepreneurs.org. You can also find out more information on Orlando's entrepreneurial ecosystem, discover resources to help you start and grow your business, and subscribe to future shows by visiting www.orlandoentrepreneurs.org.